On Wednesday, Amazon closed its $3.9 billion deal with One Medical after the Federal Trade Commission decided not to challenge the purchase. However, regulators are still investigating potential competitive and consumer harms from the sale. Already, Amazon is rolling out a discount, $144 for the first year of membership. This is Pulse Check. I'm Ruth Reader. The Biden administration wants to encourage states to use Medicaid to cover substance use disorder treatment for incarcerated people. On Tuesday, Raul Gupta, head of the Office of National Drug Control Policy, said the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services plans to release guidance this spring outlining how states could use the program in federal dollars to pay for treatments before people are released. Gupta also announced that all 112 federal prisons will offer medication-assisted treatment for substance use disorder by the summer. New research published in the Journal of the American Medical Association shows that one in five kids suffers from disordered eating. The designation, disordered eating, is a less severe form of eating disorders like anorexia, bulimia, or compulsive eating. The study found that while in younger children, girls were twice as likely to report disordered eating as boys, those discrepancies disappeared between genders in the teenage years. The research comes amid increased scrutiny from regulators and the public on social media companies for stoking mental health issues, including eating disorders, among teens. And Megan Wilson is here to talk about PBMs. That's pharmacy benefit managers, effectively pharmaceutical middlemen, as scrutiny over them intensifies on Capitol Hill. Hey, Megan, thanks for being here. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. So... Lawmakers are finally trying to do something about pharmacy benefit managers. I imagine this has to do with, like, their attempts to regulate drug pricing to a certain extent. And so, obviously, they've been trying to do this for a while. But what's happening this year? Why is it different? Yeah. So there's a lot of dynamics that are different this year. You know, lawmakers for many years have been trying to, you know, like you said, do things on PBMs. There are some transparency requirements in the Affordable Care Act. But by and large, there hasn't been much change to how the industry operates. And so there are a number of dynamics that make this year different. First of all, even though being critical of PBMs is a bipartisan thing that both Democrats and Republicans agree upon. For the last, you know, at least the last Congress, if not more, there's been a lot of focus on pharmaceutical manufacturers. And now that the Inflation Reduction Act is out of the way and Democrats achieved, you know, a 30-year goal of allowing Medicare to negotiate drug prices, the table is sort of cleared for action. And so I think that's one of the reasons. Then you have the change of power in the House Kathy McMorris-Rogers, who leads the Energy and Commerce Committee, has taken action on PBMs. There's a number of of members on her committee, including Buddy Carter, a Republican, and Dana Harshbarger, another Republican, both of which are former pharmacists. And community pharmacists are not the biggest PBM fans. So they are sort of on a mission. I just think there's more momentum behind even previous actions than there's been in a while. Got it. So what are we seeing so far? Are there bills on the table? Who's putting them out there? And what's the angle? Yeah. So I think that speaking of committee leadership, Ron Wyden, Democrat from Oregon, is also a a fan of community pharmacists and has been critical of PBMs. He told me last month that he really wants to take a crack at them. 
I've heard that he wants to do things in a bipartisan way, potentially bicameral, working with the House. He recently hired Polly Webster, a former lobbyist for the generic pharmaceutical industry, uh, to handle his drug policy. So someone is working on this with a big knowledge of it. You have a bipartisan bill reintroduced by Maria Cantwell and Chuck Grassley. And you also have uh, Buddy Carter reintroducing a piece of legislation with other Republicans and some Democrats. And each of those bills would do uh, a few different things. The bill from Senators Cantwell and Grassley, where they've had a hearing on it, would ban a practice known as spread pricing, which is where PBMs charge insurance companies more for a drug than they reimburse a pharmacy and sort of pocket the difference. And a number of other practices and gives the FTC, you know, more power to sort of enforce those types of things. Buddy Carter's bill in the House would allow patients to apply any copay assistance that they receive towards their out-of-pocket maximum or their deductible. Um, So they're all taking different tacks on, you know, the PBM issue. So it'll be interesting to sort of see where, you know, where Wyden goes, like what legislation becomes sort of the vehicle for this. I don't know if there's momentum enough for a, a standalone bill to pass. So, you know, which <laughs> which larger bill will carry this? There's a number of factors at play. Got it. And so I assume pharmacy benefit managers know about this. What are they thinking? What are they saying? How are they feeling? Yeah. So, you know, I talked to J.C. Scott, who leads the industry group for pharmacy benefit managers. And in his telling, the industry is just misunderstood. They are the thing drug costs down um, in the system by, you know, the rebates that they negotiate, the discounts they negotiate with uh, pharmaceutical manufacturers and help patients access drugs by creating the formularies that insurance companies use in drug coverage. They're currently out with a seven-figure advertising campaign to sort of talk about the benefits of the industry. I mean, this is really wonky. This, these are things, these are not things that animate voters. This is not like taking on big pharma. You know, I don't think that most people know that PBMs exist. So they're kind of on a, a PR push to to sort of explain themselves to sort of stave off some of these attacks. And they're also some of the advertising also takes on that bill from uh, Senators Cantwell and Grassley saying this bill would do nothing to lower drug prices. It would reduce choice and access to drugs uh, by hurting PBMs. And so they're sort of pushing back and proposing, pushing for bills that would increase competition in the pharmaceutical marketplace by changing the patent system in the way that, you know, branded drug manufacturers can sort of use that to maintain their exclusivity and prevent sort of generic versions of their drugs from coming to the market. So they're taking sort of a multi-pronged approach to this. Okay. So on the other side, what are PBM's sort of opponents, if you will? Uh, How are they playing it and how are they responding to this? So, you know, I talked about how, you know, community pharmacists, independent pharmacists don't really care for PBMs because many PBMs own their own pharmacies and sort of have more favorable policies for how they pay those pharmacies. And so they've been fighting for years on the federal and the state level and have had broad success in the states with getting state-level laws passed, banning things like spread pricing, providing more transparency, 
some of these things related to fees that PBMs will charge uh, pharmacies. So they've had some luck there. And I think they're trying to use that momentum and that sort of grassroots, you know, they're welcome in congressional offices because they are local, right? Um, Members want to hear from them. By contrast, another PBM opponent is sort of the pharmaceutical industry. But throughout, like, the process of the Inflation Reduction Act, even before that, they've been running ads talking about how PBMs and insurance companies keep most of these things for themselves. This money does not get passed on to patients. Spent tens of millions of dollars running these ads. And I think, you know, they're trying to seize upon this opportunity to sort of continue that fight. You have some employer groups who are you know, not pleased with maybe some of the the lack of transparency that that PBMs have, um, and PBMs will argue that they are bound by by some um, transparency requirements. However, I think you have some groups who really want to strengthen those. Got it. How funny to see these, uh, at least some of these groups that have been working hand in hand for many years, turn on each other. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, Well, thank you so much for walking us through this and explaining the story to me. It's really been great. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. And that's our show. Our music is by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. Annie Reese is our producer. Raghu Manavalan is our editor. Our healthcare team editors are Eli Reyes, Dan Goldberg, Barbara Van Tyne, Beth Belton, and Sean Zeller. Jenny Ament is the executive producer of audio at Politico. I'm Ruth Reeder. Subscribe and follow Pulse Check for a new episode every day. And subscribe to our newsletters where you can read this reporting. Pulse, Future Pulse, and Prescription Pulse. Thanks for listening. <laughs>